Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. You're listening to Griefcast with me, Carrie Adloyd. How do we grieve for someone? How does it change and evolve as we get older? My dad died when I was 15 and it took me many, many years to be able to express what I had gone through. So I decided to create Griefcast, a chance to talk, share and laugh about the weirdness of grief and death. But with comedians, so it's not that depressing, I promise. Each time I talk to a different comedian about their own personal experience of grief as we remember someone that they have lost along the way. Whether it was a long time ago or you've just joined the club, this is a chance to talk about the peculiar human process of death. Welcome to Griefcast. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss hey it's ryan reynolds and i'm here with keith co-star of my upcoming film if only in theaters may 17th Do you want to tell people the big news all right i'll do it. sign up now and you'll get unlimited for 15 dollars a month in six months of paramount plus essential plan on us mintmobile.com slash switch upfront payment of 45 dollars, equivalent to 15 dollars per month unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month face lower speeds videos at 480p active mint customers by 531 24 get six months of paramount plus essential plan auto renews after six months offer ends may 31st 2024 separate paramount plus registration required terms and conditions apply if rated pg
Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoy the show, uh, enjoy isn't quite the right word, is it? Um, if you appreciate the show, please do rate and review the podcast, or you can also rate and review your favourite episode as well. Or even better, just tell someone you know who you think would appreciate it too. Uh, it's basically just me and my excellent editor Kate making this so the more people who listen the more episodes we can carry on making so thank you so much if you've already done that and I've fed up of me asking and if you haven't then please do and I will buy you a biscuit what biscuit would you like um I am happy to buy imaginary chocolate hobnobs for everyone you're welcome this week I'm talking to stand-up comedian Tom Ward Tom is an award-winning comedian who appeared on Comedy Central's Live at the Comedy Store and is also currently supporting Joe Lycett on tour he came in to talk to me last year about his dad, who died in 2006. Welcome to Griefcast. I'm here today with stand-up comedian Tom Ward. Hi, Tom. Hello. Period. <laughs> I liked your pause. I like this made it listeners feel like he's not there. <laughs> I just invented it. I'm always slightly behind the beat. Oh, really? Yeah. Have you always been like that? Um, I would imagine so, yeah. <laughs> so is it little... hard to know? Yeah. It's yeah. not like... Were you like that at school? I think I think I've, I always try and grab a little moment to just get it right. <laughs> That's really sweet. Yeah, just a half a second. A half a second. So it's not that you're not like paying attention. It's like it's because you're paying more more yeah, attention. Too much. Too, too much. much. <laughs> yeah. So Tom. Hello. Who are we remembering today? My father, Tim. Tim. Yeah. When did Tim die? Two thousand and six. Uh, this week. Really. Yeah. I'm a terrible at maths. So what you come? It's at eleven. Eleven yeah. years, yeah. So this would be your eleven year anniversary yeah, this week. Yeah. As it, oh my god, it's Friday. It's Friday. It so was you, Wednesday. Oh, so you've had it already on Wednesday. Yeah. How was the anniversary? It was all right. I was actually not sure that it was the anniversary. Um, I was just walking around the day before, thinking this is the time of year, isn't it? And then my brother messaged me saying eleven years today, and oh, then wow. I was like, oh, I was I was kind of in the diary to see my mum that night anyway. So oh. I was like, oh, okay, that's good. Yeah. That's a good coincidence. Is your brother older or younger? Younger. And do you, is it just is the two There's of you? There's three of us. There's three of you? Yeah. And he's, I want to get the picture. Is that an old, are you in the middle or? Yeah, I'm in the middle. Uh, he's he's uh, 28, I'm 35 and my sister's 39 and they both live abroad. Do you find that you often don't remember the date or like, because I always remember date. the date very clearly, but my brother doesn't. And I often, as far as I'm wondering, I often have to message my older brother to be like, by the way, it's today. Yeah, because your, your father died when you yeah. were 15. Yeah, so my dad was 15. Yeah. And for me, the date is like burned into my memory. But my brother will be like, oh, yeah. Oh, I knew it was around this time. And I'm yeah. like, how can you not know this? <laughs> like, to me, but do you have the same thing? of like you I just... think so. I think uh, uh, dates, yeah. Uh, yeah, it takes me a while to get them. It's the same, yeah, I've had it with girlfriends on anniversaries and waking up. Yeah, it's not popular, is it? My first love, Giselle, she never forgave me. <laughs> we woke up one morning and it was, I think it was our first anniversary and she had a card for me and some sort of beautifully girly present that she'd made and drawn and sewn and ribboned and all the rest. Glitter popping out when you open it, everything. And I was like, oh no. And then I ran to the shop and bought four anniversary <laughs> cards. And I thought, well, this will do it. That'll, that'll just give me a minute. So I went into another room oh, and just wrote mate. four no. different, no. no. I was 22, I didn't know anything. So 11 years. Yeah. How are you feeling 11 years? Are you feeling like it feels very far away or are you feeling like it's still quite present? It does feel a long way away now. But actually, because I knew I was coming on here, I sat and listened to your other episodes and also thought about him deliberately. Yeah. And started to 
hear the answers of the other people you've had on and start to sort of channel the questions into my own thing. And I just immediately the emotion came back. It was oh, very, yeah. very real, very almost like it's there waiting. Yes. Uh, in yes. a sort of storage box. Yeah, and you can just, just get the key, yeah. open it out. And there it all is. Nothing's changed. It's there. It's just <laughs> the box is maybe moved to another department now and you have to walk down a few more corridors to get to it. Yeah. But it's not changed it's interesting how you can. I found I can tap into the tragedy of his life, mm. or the tragedy of his underachievement, or things like that, where you go, "Oh man, you, you kind of." I was that came up mm. rather than the death itself. The sort oh, of that's interesting. his life and how yeah. he'd not quite allowed himself to be himself. Yeah, I know what you mean because I often people who come on the show often it seems to be around two or three years sometimes, and I. And you can see sometimes when you, they see that you're still talking about that, like, oh, God, am I still going to be upset? Yeah. <laughs> and it's really hard to explain. N- no, you just, it's just like you said, it's just further away. You you can get on with your life very easily, but the pain will obviously always be that pain. It's not like, yeah. oh, I feel fine now. Like, mm. no. Um, so that's interesting. You were talking about his life in a way more than his death. How did he die? Let's start there. He got a brain tumour and then he was... He was not around long. He was only around like eight months, I think. Wow. Yeah. Was he sick beforehand or they... No, no, there was no... It hadn't been there a year before. Right. So they did a brain scan a year before because he'd had a funny turn. Okay. And so, no, there was no sign of it. So it was quite rapid. So, and how old were you? Sorry. Just I was 24. So you were 24. And he was 59. <sighs> yeah, which is, is young. Yeah, is young. It is yeah. young. So they told... Um, they told him he had a brain tumour. Did they then treat it? Yeah, they treated it um, aggressively, that's what they said. Right. Which is a good word. <laughs> um, but he, they said that it was, yeah, it sort of, it was untre- untreatable, they right. said. Yeah. So he just kind of deteriorated and yeah, just got worse. Yeah, he, he was quite fragile quite quickly and then he was in a hospice. I don't know, he was in and out of hospital for a while and staying with us and then he was in a hospice for the last three months. Right, wow. Which is quite long by some That standards. is quite long for hospice, yeah. yeah. Do you get the feeling with hospices they're sort of expecting a, yeah. a quick turnaround? Right, yeah, a couple of weeks, in yeah. you come, let's <laughs> yeah. get this over with. Yeah. Yeah. Was the hospice near you, like near where you were living? It wasn't far away. Um, it was in uh, Weybridge. Okay, yeah. So I didn't have any association with Weybridge, so I was happy to leave my shit there. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Weybridge, all right, that's fine. That's a one town It's never going to be yeah, my favourite place, yeah. but I probably wouldn't spend any time there anyway. <laughs> It wasn't ruined for you. No, it wasn't. You didn't ruined. ruin Weybridge. It was already, yeah, yeah, it was nothing to me. Weybridge. Yeah. <laughs> it's like an ultra, ultra box song. Were you at uni or back from No, I wasn't. No? I wasn't at uni. I hadn't done uni. I'd sort of, I was working in a charity shop because I'd sort of not quite found my feet yet because mm-hmm. I'd dropped out of college a few years earlier and uh, was just sort of moving from job to job. And I'd just started working at a charity shop and it had become my obsession. Wow. I loved it so much. It was in <laughs> Fulham, North End Road. and. I was just mad into it. Every day I was there. And, and uh, <laughs> What charity was it? Farah is for Romanian orphans, uh, obviously a, a subject close to my heart <laughs> uh, from, from New Malden. Um, and, yeah, and I was just really fo- obsessed with that and, you know, treating it like a, if I had a, p- a point to prove. Right. Because, you know, I'd been, the, I'd been the underachieving son. Uh, and okay. I was like, right. I've shown them. I've got a girlfriend now. I've forgotten her anniversary. Never mind. I've got a job. So, yeah. Yeah, so I'd be going from the shop to the hospital to visit him. 
about that time, do you remember feeling like you understood what was happening or you'd accepted or was it kind of a bit of a blur, like you were just kind of getting through it? Um, it's, I don't know if I accepted it too quickly. I don't think I was in some sort of terrible denial. I think we were all kind of unsurprised in a way because he was, the nature of the illness somehow reflected him. Um, what do you mean by that? It's sort of, he had a brain tumour, but he was a kind of very muddled, overly in his head person mm. who was always stressed and very religious, but also kind of at odds with himself about that. And so he'd never been settled as a person. So it felt somehow right that he would get ill in his head. Yeah. It, it reflected how he was, how he lived anyway. So, yeah, I don't, I don't think any of us were like, oh, God, why, how? Mm. Do you know what I mean? When yeah. someone has, has a certain tragic quality to them or a frustrated or a split in their character, you're almost not surprised when they become ill. Yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. My dad was a very fiery person. And it was all like in his yeah his liver and his mm. pancreas and I know exactly what I mean like he what, there was too much fire in that man's belly yeah right <laughs> definitely definitely and so yeah the way he got ill well there's a lot of people who believe that don't they but obviously not not your personality but how you view the world and your relationship with the world can affect you physically mm. there's also a lot of people who think it's bullshit but I I don't know I can see there's like you said, there's a sort of poetic truth to it. Mm -hmm. So did you have a good relationship with him? Or you're talking about he thought you were underachieving. I don't think he did. I think because he, he, he was similar in a lot of ways because okay. he dropped out of college when he was 17 and he hated wow. school and he had a difficult time. Mm. Um, he was not disappointed. He wanted me to be an accountant. He was an accountant. Okay, I was going to say, but, just, just randomly, yeah, he yeah, was yeah. like, accountancy, my boy. But he was not a happy accountant, so it was wow. strange. That he, he just wanted me to have a profession. Right. And he talked about, you know, if you don't have something by the time you're 30, you're a bit fucked, you know. And I was like, okay, well, I'm 22, so that's... Yeah, that's plenty of time. Uh, I've got loads of, eight years party time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we got on well. We we were close, but in a sort of dysfunctional way, because I, I, he was very Christian, born-again Christian. and. Oh, so he was born again? So where, how old were you when that happened? I was three, so I didn't oh, really okay. know much about yeah. it until I was about seven. And he'd started to become more and more religious as I wow. got older. And he converted my mum in, into it as well. And she was a Catholic. And people are like, what's the difference? Well, it just sort of, it is a difference. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, you, you remove some things, you gain some others. It's like... <laughs> you, you get some stuff. You get more perfume and oil and smoke in your ceremonies. In the, in the Catholicism. In the Catholicism, yeah, yeah. 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 So you lose that, sorry. Yeah, and the statues. They're yeah, all you gone. Lose that, yeah. Pagans. Mary, you don't really mention Mary much. Yeah, it's true. She anymore. gets kicked right out. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, there's font. The font's quite different on mm, the little... Uh, um, yeah. On the little maxims. So what kind of Christian was he then when he became born again? Was he like evangelical? Or? Uh, he was Baptist. Baptist, and, right, okay. Yeah. yeah. So that was there. And when it, when you're a kid, you're obviously susceptible to whatever your parents are telling you. Yeah, and, yeah. And open, completely open. But gradually, you know, me and my sister, and then later my brother all rejected it. And obviously that creates quite a, a rift. Yeah. And there's a sort of love there, but it's compromised there's mm. a there's an ideological wedge especially if someone's very religious because obviously their feeling is that you're reject you're going to be in pain in the afterlife like mm. that they mm. feel like they're saving your soul so when you reject that it's i think it can be it's almost for 
your point of view is like, no, I've realized it's not for me. But they're like, you will go to hell. Yeah, but but maybe you could just pretend. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Just come along and say the words, yeah, like, which I did, which we all wow. did to a degree, said yeah. the words. But I think a lot of people in churches are just saying the words. Yeah. If I say the words, then I'll avoid the bad thing. <laughs> and it's like, well, I don't think that's what God would want. It's tricky, isn't it? Yeah. I don't think that's what the Bible's about. Do you know what I mean? Just say the words. Say the words. Don't think about it. Yeah, I, I feel nothing in my heart. But <laughs> oh, heart, what a hearts anyway. We don't need that. We <laughs> no, don't need that. That's not what God put us here for. So why did he become extremely religious? Was there like a, a thing like, that happened to him? Or he just sort of very just... I think he was searching for something. I well, guess everyone yeah. is. But he was, he tried, he dabbled with a bit of, you know, transcendental meditation and oh yeah my dad too mm. yeah yeah he was very into lots of weird stuff yeah yeah was he into that at the end as well or? uh yeah well it's funny because he he was always searching for something but he didn't go down the religious route he went down the sort of incredibly hippie self-help route uh-huh. but yeah it's interesting that i've never really thought about that because he could have easily been christianity if you know what i mean he just yeah. he just didn't go there because his i guess he was raised in sort of well church of england you know a very sort of traditional public school English way so I think he that's why he wouldn't have ended up there but he definitely ended up in an equally cultish situation yeah Yeah, I think it's when you're looking for something isn't it yeah so was he very religious um at the end when he was dying yeah but not in a uh, he was he was obviously on drugs yeah, uh, legal drugs in the hospital. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. My dad um, was on the illegal kind of the. Was it? Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Where it's part of a hippie commune, and you got yeah. to be really. It's against the ethos. Yeah, it would be rude not to. Yeah, do right. Yeah. You get kicked out. Um, yeah, it was on the drugs, and I think he. Yeah, he wasn't bashing us about with it, or I think he was just quite relieved actually not to be in evangelical mode, not to be right. to have people coming to him because he'd he's always he'd always or always felt the pressure to be going into other people's lives and trying to tell them about Jesus and wow. hell and yeah. saving themselves and that was very important to him so to be in a position where he was incapacitated finally free from his duties wow I, I suspect that was part of the relief for him so he was very much at that church where you have to go out and share the word yeah kind of he felt that pressure he yeah. really did and he didn't mind upsetting people offending people he'd fallen out with relatives he'd fallen out with his father wow. he'd um, fallen out with my mum's my entire family oh because they were all Catholic they were right? Catholic they yeah. were not impressed and um, that took a long time to, to get anywhere near healing you know that, yeah. that rift so he was probably I think he was quite relieved just to be bed bound and have <laughs> nurses being kind to him and there was a cat at the hospice and nice. to have people visiting him and yeah. saying hey I'm a friend and all is forgiven and let's let's forget our anything that went between us yeah it's interesting isn't it I suppose if you are religious in that way where it's quite aggressive is the wrong word isn't it I guess passionate or something that when you're ill there's a sort of, I guess there's, there's a, a piousness about the ill and the ill don't need to convert and the mm. ill can rest so perhaps he did feel like yeah like you said finally he could just be at peace with himself because he did, it wasn't a sin to just be sitting down yeah he, he was, was also, he also had a brain tumor which i think was leaning into his his nature to a degree yeah. he was he became a bit muddled right yeah so yeah. i don't think that's you're not thinking in the same way yeah by just by virtue of having something in the way yeah my father-in-law had a brain tumor mm. and it's strange isn't it because the change is very subtle but there's definitely a change there isn't there because of course it's affecting what the bit that makes you 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 yeah how was that last eight months then did you 
feel like you got to spend time with him and sort of have those moments. People, you know, talk about the moment. Did you feel like you got that because eight months is a little bit longer? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We got some lovely moments. Yeah, Christmas 2015 was good because Christmas had been a real sticking point for us as a family because he was... Of course. Anti, yeah. He was anti-Christmas. Oh, he was one of those Christians. Yeah. You I always think that's so sad. Yeah, I know. you're like, but this, this is your festival. Yeah, yeah, but I, I think he felt like it wasn't yeah, anymore. Yeah. It had been misappropriated. Yeah. I think in the first place, I feel like he, th- he felt that, but then even the more commercialism and all the rest. But So Christmas had actually been banned from our house in the 90s for quite a long time. Sort oh, of wow. Most of the 90s, we didn't really have Christmas. And if there was any whiff of Christmas, it was done with a kind of... Oh, okay, well, you have some presents, but we're not making a deal of it. And he'd go off into the office and work on the day itself. And oh, wow. So we had a Christmas where all of that was like, oh, bollocks to it. Let's have Christmas. We're, you know, we're gonna, I'm going to die. Yeah. Let's just do it. So we had a really nice Christmas where there was a tree and presents and all the food and family were there. And, and yeah, that was great. So he was live for that Christmas? Yeah. Yeah, 2015 and then 20, uh, sorry, tw- 2005. 2005, sorry, yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 2005 and um, 2006 was when he died. But right. um, yeah, that was lovely. There was there was plenty of moments where love was shared without yeah. it ne- needing to be said. So there'd be, I'd rub his head because all his hair had fallen out. He didn't have much hair anyway. <laughs> um, he had two patches, oh, like yeah. mad scientist kind of. <laughs> and he looked really handsome and his hair fall- fell out. He was oh. bald. He looked, oh, hello. Yeah. Good looking Matt because he's always gone on about how good looking he'd been. <laughs> And how dashing he'd been and how, how much success he'd had with women. Yeah. It's really inappropriate. <laughs> no, that's and, right. And then he'd be guilty about it as well. So in the next sentence, oh, you know, it's bad, it's sinful, I shouldn't have, I feel terrible about, oh, there was lots of women. <laughs> so which one is it, Dad? Come on. That's so funny. So yeah. like the younger him was sort of... A bit of a player. Coming out, yeah. Yeah, and then he married my mum and then he was, I think he carried on oh, playing for a while. Yeah. Um, and then he, he weaned it off, uh, you know. Um, but he, yeah, he looked good. He looked handsome, and I'd sort of rub cream into his head and and take him outside in the sun. There was there was moments of, you know, beautiful moments yeah. without us having to so him having to say I'm sorry, son, yeah. for the things and scaring you when you were twelve <laughs> and thirteen, and and I'd be it's all right. You know, it was just yeah. kind of understood. We loved each other anyway, so yeah. it was complicated, but it was said and unsaid. You know, I think that's the thing, isn't it? Is it's really complicated. Like, we often talk about there isn't really a moment because the relationship you have with a parent is so complicated. So mm. For them just to be like, oh, by the way, I'm sorry. It's like, <laughs> for what? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Where do you want to begin? Yeah, and it. how can I be sorry for all the things I'm, like, all the shit I've done to you? Like, yeah, yeah it's, it's so much more than that. Were you with him when he died? I was there the night before and right. then we went home and then we were, we were told to come in and we were on the way to the hospice and oh. we got to, rang in the car on the motorway but I'd spent a lot of time with him I'd been yeah. in the hospice with him on my own sort of by his bed so I was I, was, I think I was I was the last person he saw because oh. he woke up after a week and then looked at me I was there <gasps> I was there waiting you know I was like oh dad and he, and he looked at me and he smiled and said my wife <laughs> <laughs> I was like alright dad fucking hell we had a little moment there nearly you know but it's funny though because sometimes uh, my father-in-law's had this with the model what I wondered what he meant was oh you're someone I love but they just mm. say my wife because it's like well that's that's the only thing yeah. 
I can I can say right now. I know that look though. I my dad did that a couple of times asleep, and then that fucking fierce eyes open look at yeah. you, and you're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> what should I do? And they just look, and then eyes close again, and you think, was did that happen? What, yeah, yeah. Should I've done more? But it's yeah. just like a really tiny little connection still left, isn't it? Yeah. Wow, so you were on the motorway and you got there. When you got there, did you go and see his body? Or, yeah. Yeah, how yeah. was that? It's very odd, isn't it? Yeah. It's very odd. Shocking. Mm. It's sort of nothing can really prepare you. I, I hate to say something so cliché. No, but it's true, yeah. You, you get in there and the body's cold. I mean, it was still slightly warm. Um, And I just sort of, yeah, I broke down very, yeah, pretty yeah. heavily. I, yeah. It was very, very shocking, yeah. But I was glad that I was, you know, I've always been quite good at crying. Yeah, that's good. I mean, like, <laughs> you, that's a helpful for grief. Yeah, I've had girlfriends where I try and hide it, you know, just because I want to be butch or whatever. I've got, you know, I want them to think I'm really butch and in control. And um, it gets more and more sort of pathetic. I think <laughs> if you're hiding, I was in a, I was in a psychiatric ward when I was a teenager, and I was, and I tried to pretend to be cool. So that the girls would fancy me. So like, I'm in a psychiatric ward. Something has gone wrong here. And I was being cool in group therapy, not trying not to say too much. You know, like leaning on the chair next to me. You know, just being like, oh, so uh, open up about problems. But no, I'm all right. You know, I'm okay. You know? <laughs> I'm cool, guys. Yeah, cool. yeah, it's fine. You know, but I didn't have the guts to ask any of them out. So it was like the, the beautiful sweet spot of being the cool guy, <laughs> the cool guy with the vibes. They must have been like, he's so mysterious. He's in a psychiatric ward, but he's still he's still rocking it. Like, yeah, what yeah. is his deal? I did feel quite cool compared to some of the others. <laughs> I did feel pretty in control. <laughs> you know. So, uh, yeah, I've That's always been... incredible. <laughs> but I totally know, I totally understand where you come from. Because there's always a bit of you that wants to be cool. It doesn't yeah. matter where you are. You yeah. want to be, you want to make sure you're not a complete fucking wreck. Yeah, yeah. I'm know. trying to wean out the desire to be cool from my character, you know, just to show it all. Be yourself, man. People always say that. Be yourself. It's like no, <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, it's, yeah, it's I'll, like, I'll do. How, a, I'll do a bit of that. You yeah, know, I'll dabble with it. I always think when they say that, it's like, well, have you met myself? I don't yeah. know if I should be. <laughs> I yeah. don't know. I'm kind of protecting everyone. You know, I've developed a lot of layers yeah. which make it easier to be around me. <laughs> yeah, it's for you. It's for everyone. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's for you. It's not for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I think was that your? I mean, stupid question, but was that the first dead body you'd seen? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's very shocking. I think what's... I've seen a few now. And not to brag. <laughs> humble brag. And um, what I found was very shocking is my dad was a very, like, very energetic, loud person. And I was saying this... Um, I've said this before on the podcast, like, he just knew he was in the room. He ate very loudly, <laughs> talked very loudly, breathed very loudly. And to see him just sort of, it was just so much, just so much quiet and stillness, which I, I don't think I'd ever really seen him be that still. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was very, that's what's shocking is. So that was almost loud itself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How you know quiet what, Tom, it was. Yeah. It was very loud that he wasn't being loud. Yeah. And not moving, and he was just moving and talking and thinking and you know, like, come on, we're going to do this, everybody, get together, get together. Yeah. So yeah, it was just someone being still was really like, and it's amazing how, you know, I think if you don't know it, you think, oh, well, I guess they look asleep. It's like no, they don't. There's mm. something completely. There's something gone. There's something not there. It's yeah. very strange. Um, did he have a very religious funeral? Uh, church funeral. Yeah. Not. You know, not extremely religious. Yeah. I don't know what that would be. But, um, <laughs> um, it was just a standard funeral. Uh, 
Yeah, it was in a church. We tried to, we wanted it to be at another church, but the priest refused to play the shadows because <laughs> my, dad, my dad loved the shadows. Oh, no. And the priest was like, no, it's the, it's the worldly music. And da, da, da. so they, he, the first priest said no, and we found a church in New Malden, which was where we lived. So that was fine. And they played the shadows. I can't believe he would, like, of all the music to reject, the yeah. shadows is not like quite sweet, death metal, it? is it? Yeah, no, it's very innocent. <laughs> so innocent. Yeah. Though, oh you know, God. some people would say those guitars, that was the beginning. <laughs> Once the hips started to move, that's when, you know, the well, devil's work was being that, done. Yeah, so you don't want to play the, the prologue to the devil's that's work. That's right, the precursor <laughs> to the modern world. Yeah. So, yeah, the, 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 it was just an awe. I don't think I went to the, the, the burial. And strangely, there's no gravestone. Oh, right. It's just, he's just under some grass. And we don't know, we can go and ask the man at the site yeah. where the grass is. But my mum has never got the stone put down. <laughs> and I was like, is this, is this, are you in denial? Yeah. Because she's not moved on. She's not met anyone else. Oh, and she yeah. was never with anyone else before. Wow. And I say with in the biblical sense. Right, okay, yeah. So she was a one-man woman. Yeah. And and I don't know if that gravestone, maybe she can't afford it. I don't know. Maybe there's a reason. But people get gravestones, don't they? Well, yeah. My dad was, well, my dad was cremated, but my mum had his ashes in the wardrobe for about 10 years. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. I think people think, oh, it's just tidied away. Like, not always. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So she, he was in the wardrobe for a long time. And then eventually she was like, I think we should do something. But same thing, she's never remarried and didn't move on. Mm. You know, she listens to this. So not that you didn't move on, but like, yeah, (laughs) like you never, she never met anyone else. Mm -hmm. So I guess, yeah, I guess if you have to meet someone else, maybe you do have to have that conversation of why isn't there a gravestone? <laughs> like, mm. But if it's just you and the kids, it's like, well, okay, fine, that's what mum's doing. Yeah. Do you? So have you been back to visit there? Or? I've been once. Been once. Early on. And how was that? Um, like, well, how come you decided not to go again? Do you just think? I don't. I don't feel the need. Yeah. I don't like Kingston. Fair play. <laughs> I don't want to be in Kingston. Yeah. I don't want to be on a bus on the way through uh, Kingston. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's probably because I don't like Kingston. <laughs> Though that, my, you know, a therapist would probably say, "Well, we need to talk about that." <laughs> yeah. it's, Kingston is taking the brunt for some other deeper thing. So yeah, I, I, just, I don't feel the need to stand there because there's other sh- there's other places you know that that have him in it. Yeah, I know what you mean. Like the garden, there's a he had his his office because he downsized a lot over the years. He used to be in a massive office in Rains Park, and then he couldn't keep the rent going and blah 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 and there was downsizing in the end it was just him and a secretary right. in the garden I right. mean in a hut in the in the in a garage that yeah. he had converted into an office wow. so I can go in there yeah if I want to be near something that he was in my dad same thing worked from home but it was just him in the spare room right right <laughs> and we we had to answer the phone as if it was the office. Yeah, all pretend right. we were his secretary, <laughs> and he tr- like from the age of six, I knew how to be like, and who's calling? And oh. can I take a message? And what? And um, would you like him to call you back? Because <laughs> he was like, you've got to pretend there's an office here. It's yeah. not just me, guys. But yeah, you've I know got the what youngest you mean. secretary ever. People are thinking. <laughs> yeah, like, I must have sounded six. Like yeah. I, can't, I, I remember at the time thinking, oh yeah, they they bought that, but they obviously must have thought that's a small child pretending. Hello. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. He'll be back later. He's just at Transcendental Meditation. <laughs> like, He's just smoking a fat yeah. one <laughs> out the back. Yeah, unfortunately. So, yeah, I know what you mean about we we don't have a place that we go to. But, yeah, it's... Yeah, I mean, I suppose... Why, you don't have to have a gravestone, do you? Like, you don't have to. It's No. I, my sister toyed with 
words, what the words would say. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't think it's. I don't think there's any slight on the grief or no, proof of anything. I no. Just, I think it really is so personal. And yeah. I think if, you know, if different religions have different ways of marking it or, you know, if you've had, yeah, keeping the ashes, it's just whatever, whatever works for that family unit. Yeah. When did you get into comedy? So was that like, were you already in comedy when he was ill or? No, I was in, I was really wanting to be in a band actually. Oh. And that was my my dream ever since I'd left the church I'd become a real dreamer and I just used to watch live concerts on video all the time pop videos constantly and just dream of being in a rock star could you play guitar no, no you just no, wanted to be in I, a just, band. I thought I wanted to sing so wow. I just started writing poems and songs when I was about 15 so when when he was ill I was already thinking all right I've got to move this on and when he died I just went obsessively into learning guitar and oh, wow. started writing songs more and I looked for a band but I knew I needed a demo so yeah. I spent a year saving up to go to America so that I could record and just be a- away yeah but yeah no I wasn't in comedy until five more years for a year I was like oh I love music I want to be a musician and then it gradually dawned on me that I didn't actually want to be a singer I just the idea of it had been the thing that I was into yeah and the actual reality of it was very different and I wanted people to be listening to the lyrics yeah and I used to write about death and love and loss and stuff, but from a kind of fun point of view, not not <laughs> heavy. Yeah. Like a Leonard, Leonard Cohen, that's come up on, on your podcast before, but yeah. Leonard Cohen, later Leonard Cohen, 90s yeah. Leonard Cohen, yeah. I, I love it so much. We yeah. used to listen to it in the car on the way to the hospice. Oh, wow, that's hardcore. <laughs> it's kind of dystopian, tongue-in-cheek kind yeah. of... It's all about sex and politics and religion, and and his, he's definitely got a twinkle in his eye. Yeah. And I always loved that. I always like I look for that in a vocalist. Yeah. Someone who kind of sees the joke. Yeah. Isn't afraid to talk about heavy things. Yeah. But rather not... than the earnest, yeah. facedness of loss and sadness. Yeah. yeah. So I really wanted that to be heard and shared, and but so comedy felt right for that because <laughs> it's one man and a mic. Yeah. That is, I mean, I think that's how a lot of comedians end up. There's like, you try a lot of other things, and you realise it's, it's kind of better when it's just me saying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not very good at, I'm not very good at working in a group. Yeah. Um, Give it to me. <laughs> yes, I know what it should be. Stop it. And did you feel like your sense of humour? I mean, obviously, I don't think this happened to me in a way, but like, did you feel like it had been influenced by what happened to you? Do you feel like there was a level of dark humour or? Like there were subjects that you were more willing to joke about, perhaps, or did you feel like it was completely developed before your dad? No, I feel like the the uh, just the the upbringing stuff would, had already put in place quite a. Yeah, that's quite a lot, isn't it? <laughs> You've already got quite a lot of material there. Yeah, so I don't. I think death cemented it in a way to be like, all right. Not only has these weird things happened where where I was really t- badly affected by them and very yeah. unwell for a long time. Now I, the person that I had the closest bond with within that is dead. So mm. I feel like that that was definitely part of a, a, a new beginning, a, a closure on something, yeah. as much as there can be closure. The, I think, yeah, I'm sure it was part of the mix, but I, I feel like the, the, the original um, tone was already there. Yeah. Of feeling like outside and seeing that everything's a bit stupid, but also being at the mercy of those stupid things and trying to cope with with a with life. So are you very affected by the 
religious upbringing, if you don't mind me asking. Yeah, I would yeah. say so. I would say that it's because I because I had I used to be very anxious as a teenager oh, as a result yeah. of the fear. Yeah. Because the fear was such an important part of the doctrine. Yeah. So it took for a long time after there was this thing of finding a way to survive rather than spr- I wasn't springing from a I didn't feel like I was in a privileged position at least in that regard. Mm. Um so there was a kind of staying above water and then how can we push on from just surviving? Yeah. So the charity shop was surviving and then after that okay we're starting to now we're beyond surviving we're now succeeding in something. Yeah. And then so the religion really affected me a lot for sure yeah did his death because because i suffer from anxiety and i think i was anxious anyway but then when my dad died it was like oh my well i was a bit worried mm. and then look what happened <laughs> like now i realize the world is not safe yeah like did it turn up your anxiety very loudly for a bit having something like that happen or did it actually sort of cancel it i don't think it, i don't think it added to the anxiety i don't think it did i didn't notice any particular change in that regard um i find global events have more of an effect on that or oh, reading wow. the news yeah yeah or being at a party a house yeah. party where there's not enough people that know me or like me oh house parties for me to feel loved and safe i think house parties must be like the worst night for anyone with anxiety like yeah. to me yeah, even you saying that makes me think house party like, house party oh, <laughs> which is why at house parties i was the girl in the bathroom smoking out the window talking about death with someone mm. cuz it was like it's like this now like yeah. i can cope with that like a whole room of people like yeah <laughs> no. I, yeah i was always looking for the one person that yeah, I could one talk person, about death yeah. with yeah yeah and someone to sit with and say oh this is a lot of bollocks yes. isn't it <laughs> these people are so fake they're so fucking shit man they got no fucking idea yeah. i tell you what i was, have you listened to any bob dylan <laughs> yeah, <laughs> stories like know about music <laughs> yeah i listen to oasis i'm listening to talking heads now <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah, I was really into Jefferson Airplane, which I mean, I tell you what, being into Jefferson Airplane and Joni Mitchell at a party where everyone's playing like sweet like chocolate boy. Yeah. You're like it really does make you feel very lonely. Yeah, they they put they, it's like a camera lens pulls out and it's yeah. just like, "Oh god. <laughs> I've got to do this for now, have I?" Yeah. And everyone in the room seems to think this is a good idea and I'm the only one who doesn't. Yeah. So, yeah, finding that one person. I was really good at finding I would have found you. You're looking for it. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, where's the slightly sad, disillusioned <laughs> person with the strange hair? Yeah. I, yeah, I, I, because I had a year off school when I was 14, 15, I'd occasionally turn up at house parties. Oh, I'd, right. I would be invited, but I was so, out, so uncomfortable socially and didn't know how to do it, how to yeah. be a teenager. Yeah. So I was just leaving the church where you're basically told that it's all a sin, it's all weird, don't be popular, blah, yeah. blah, blah. So suddenly in, I turn up drunk on Alcapops <laughs> and like lean out of windows and sort of people, I'd be, be odd, just yeah. be really odd. Yeah. And But at the same time, be funny. So there'd be girls and there'd be fun stuff and then I'd turn weird. I'd have one too many hooch. <laughs> Oh, the hooch. <laughs> yeah, it was always the hooch and <laughs> the cardi breezes that got you. Yeah. yeah, and I just and then it would all pour out. Yeah. My actual distracting the, the preoccupations would be pouring out yeah. and they would be oh god we're going to hell you know but i wouldn't say that but it would be implicit somehow in this kind of fatalistic yeah and there sometimes wouldn't be someone to have that dialogue with yeah that was the really hard parties wasn't it when they, yeah. you didn't find someone you were like oh it's just me and i'm crying i woke up holding a bottle of archers like yeah. uh-oh <laughs> yeah. i'm not okay yeah god so that's interesting that you felt like it didn't the death i wonder if like you said because of because he had brought this religion into your family, 
that maybe his death there was a peace rather than rather than upping the anxiety there was a peace to it I think that's a good point because he was he was so unsettled mm. all along and, and 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 as a result unsettling his effect was unsettling and he was in debt and he was he was driving himself into the ground really to try and keep his business going and mm. he didn't use computers oh. an accountant who didn't use computers yeah and um he was using pens and paper and you know tipex like lost in the wrong part of the century yeah, yeah. and it that time had passed and I feel like there was perhaps relief for him mm. and also relief. We weren't glad to see him go, obviously, but no, just no. somehow it, it felt it felt like, ah, oh, well, he's no longer in that tailspin of madness. He's now out of that. Yeah. So there was perhaps some relief for him. Yeah, and I know what you mean. It's, it's never, it's not like, I think, again, it's hard to understand if you haven't had it. You're not glad. You're not like woo, yeah. but if someone can be at peace when they haven't been, if you can find some light in it, mm. there is a there is something in that of going oh well I I guess that's something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, God, it must have been so. Immediately after, so you went to do music and then you eventually ended up comedy. Do you think he would have? What do you think he would have thought about the comedy? Have you ever thought about that? Like his relationship with something so frivolous and silly and. I don't think he would have judged it for being frivolous or silly because he he loved silliness and I think he craved a simpler life. Mm. I think he would have been really pleased that I found something. Yeah, yeah. a for, profession. <laughs> yeah, for so long, you know, there was nothing or there was um, promise the promise of certain things. And so he, he, when I was 24, I was still quite new to the charity shop and I was doing really well there. But to see me doing something I absolutely love I'm sure he would have been really pleased I wouldn't want I wouldn't want either of them to have come um, and that goes for my mum now because of the things it's like a freedom to be able to say what you want yeah and you know to talk through sometimes difficult things and difficult relationships from yeah. including them and if I feel that they're there then that would be different and also restrict you know he would he would presumably have thought certain bits of it were blasphemous yeah or taking the piss out of god or taking the piss out of his god or mm. chipping away at the credibility of the church or something like that and that may be something i need to do occasionally yeah. take the piss out of it and yeah so, well, especially if you've been brought up around so much of it of course the way out of it is is humor yeah to sort of break free of it slightly and pop the balloon that has been scaring you of course yeah yeah because yeah, my my mum said to my sister the other day oh well homosexuality is a sin darling and just pass through <laughs> on the way somewhere else <laughs> and my sister was so appalled by this that she just then had to mention it to every friend she didn't bring it up she'd just be talking to a friend oh homosexuality is a sin by the way and then just move through to the next subject and out of context and it's just like that was her way yeah. of just releasing the pressure valve yeah yeah because if it's instead of exploding or being furious with the person you then just all right i've got to get this out somehow yeah and that's what comedy is yeah you have to get it out somehow and we're lucky because we can say it on the day something happens we can go and say it on stage yeah yeah and i definitely think even if yeah i think it's a very it's actually quite healthy even though there's this yeah, my therapist has an argument about, you know, like, oh, you're using humour to hide it. I also think there's a healthiness of, like, it doesn't sit in you. 
which I think you, I've definitely met people in my life where you feel, God, you're not even, you haven't even opened the box. You're mm. not even aware, you don't even know where the box is. You haven't even, you haven't even aware you put it in storage. Yeah. At least I know what, I know it's in storage. I know I'm paying for it weekly. Yeah. Like, I know where it is. And that's something that comedy allows you to do, mm. which is, yeah, is, you know, a lifesaver to so many people. So you're saying you've had this 11 year anniversary and you're thinking about his unfulfilled life. Yeah. Is that what happened over over time? Have you sort of felt you were able to sort of look at him more as a person than a father? I've definitely had that. I don't know if you have. Like, you start seeing them more, oh, the, if I met them as a person, that's what I would think, rather mm-hmm. than like, oh, my dad. Mm-hmm. Is that how you feel? I think at? so, yeah. I think you, you, you pull back slowly yeah. over time and you become the same age that they were at some point. Yeah. I mean, I, don't, I didn't know my dad when he was 35, but mm. you start to see what it is like to be 35 yeah, and then yeah. 40, 45, whatever and go oh okay so yeah this it's not easy it's not easy getting it right no i definitely think that as you get older you start to really definitely feel i feel a lot of empathy for my parents mm. <laughs> like, and now you're a mother is that oh, do you, God. is that coming up more yeah definitely i think definitely cuz having having a baby being a mother there's often times you're like, God, what the fuck am I? I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. Mm. It's a mentor. And I remember often, well, not often, every now and again looking at my parents thinking, you don't know what you're doing. Why don't you know what you're doing? Mm. And now I think, oh, yeah, they didn't. Yeah. But I, I remember as a child finding that very affronting. <laughs> like, yeah, how dare you? Well, yeah, why don't you know? That's your <laughs> job. And then when you're the parent, you're like, so many times you don't know what you're doing. But of course you don't. Why? You don't come with a manual. No one sat me down and explained that you're just making things shit up as you go along. Yeah. So, yeah, it's definitely made me a lot more... Um, empathetic and understanding of that that position yeah <laughs> and is that because you said you felt like he had this life unfulfilled do you feel like you've under, understood perhaps where that life came from more now you're older I think so I think you kind of delve a little bit and you kind of go well, how did this happen why why were you like this same with my mum my why, why are you a strangely detached person and why do you stick very heavily to almost automated responses to mm. every scenario and you can kind of chip away at it and go, right, what were you doing when you were 12? Oh, she was sent to England on her own wow. to go to boarding school. Yeah. You know, it's like from America. She's American. So it's like, okay, well, that explains potentially. I mean, yeah. you attach yourself to a story, don't you, somehow yeah, along yeah. the line. So I kind of go, well, why was my dad the way he was? But at the same time, you don't want to get too attached to a narrative because then it feels a bit like, you ring it in. So, so what's the story? Well, he was yeah. seventeen, and then, but you kind of go, oh yeah, you were at sea, not literally, but you were seventeen, and you you didn't like school, and then your dad put pressure on you to get a thing back in the days where perhaps there was more pressure. Oh yeah, definitely. To have a career. Yeah. And it's like you weren't an accountant. You didn't want to be an accountant. Yeah. And he had a big spirit, and it was just compromised by societal pressures yeah. starting from home and I was very glad that he didn't really put that much pressure on me he kind of I think they both decided not to bother right yeah. because they saw what I was like when I was 14 15 saying fuck this I'm not doing your religion yeah. you can't control me you know so I think they both went oh, okay well, just let him see what he can do yeah you know? just leave it just leave it <laughs> leave him leave him be yeah. you know so yeah I think you do you do start to realize how people where the split in people can occur and mm. it usually starts with parents or yeah. a parent shaming them or yeah. making them not feel okay about what they want to do <sighs> or yeah. not knowing what they want to do I think especially that generation I wonder I mean 
my dad was 44, but it's not, I think he probably would have, you know, similar age. Um, and he wanted to be a filmmaker. And my grandpa was just like, no way, you're, there's no way in hell. Mm. And then exactly the same happened with my brother, that my brother was like, I'm not sure what to do. My dad was like, oh, you need, you need a proper job. And my brother was like, but that's what your dad did. <laughs> yeah. But I think it's, it is hard to break that chain. Yeah. It's really hard to break that chain. And I, yeah, I think similar with my dad, he, um, he definitely wasn't doing what he wanted to do. He was very creative and passionate and he was working in sort of like marketing and PR because he'd ended up here as a businessman, literally. Like that's, we don't, I still don't know what he did. Mm. <laughs> like I was like, I just say businessman, there was an office. And you were his secretary. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Classic secretary. <laughs> no idea, but I know what, where he's supposed to be. Um, and I think, yeah, it does, it does break people a little bit if they're forced into not doing what they should be doing. Like you said, like they, like he wasn't an accountant. He yeah. that wasn't what that spirit was supposed to be doing. Yeah. So I think it's amazing that you've ended up very much following your spirit. Yeah. Well, I feel like that's, I mean, that's why I love my dad so much was because he had such a big spirit and such a natural kind of fuck you to a lot of things. And I feel like that's why we were so close in spite of the fact there was yeah. this, this difference between us. We both have that or had that thing of saying, no, no, you, you, you can't, because you, his religion was a fuck you. Yeah. His job wasn't, but his religion was, and his refusal to Im, 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 engage with materialism. Mm. So he was, in one regard, trying to put us through the same educational facilities that he'd been through, that he was miserable in, which is weird. But at the same point, he was kind of saying, no, I don't agree with money. So there wasn't any money. And he was, I'm not into vanity, and he wasn't buying into the dream. Yeah. Whatever the dream is. getting He wasn't lost under the spell of a kind of lifestyle or status anxiety. He yeah. really wasn't fundamentally. And obviously it's not entirely simple and clear and there would have been some suffering as a result of seeing his friends doing very well. But he was he had a kind of rebellious streak which I really loved. So he was, I think that's the, the when I say he was torn, it was those kinds of things because he had you know the, the innate conservativeness of religion, yeah. mixed with this desire to be free and do it on his own terms, and um, but I feel like that's rubbed off a lot. Yeah, yeah, I can see definitely. There's definitely that makes a lot of sense. Having eleven years, mm. which you know is a long time, do you ever get the feeling like you've changed so much from the person that he knew? Do you have that sort of? because you obviously have found what you, you know, gone from working in a charity shop to being a successful comedian. Is there a sadness in that at all? I don't think so. I think you, I don't know, you should be a bit more sure of yourself, you know, yeah. like between 24 and 35. And I don't think he'd be confused by what he saw. Oh yeah, that's nice, yeah. I don't think he'd be like, oh, what is this? <laughs> yeah. I would never have guessed that my uh, underachieving son <laughs> would do some weird sideways become a career stand-up. choice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All about him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it would make sense. So yeah, I think he'd be cool. I think he'd be cool about it. Is there anything that still sets you off now? Because I think as you get further away, it is easier. Like I find, like Father's Day still pisses me off, but it doesn't hurt. What more annoys me is like it's it's sort of just suddenly in your face, and you're like, yeah. oh god, all right. <laughs> like you suddenly get so many like five emails from something companies you bought things from. You're like, yeah. why is everyone emailing me about Father's Day? Yeah. But 
it used to hurt, whereas now I can be like, oh, that's annoying. Do you yeah. feel like anything really still makes you go, ow? I think it's more the the relationships with those that are living mm. that, that I actually grieve for more. I think the Father's Day thing doesn't hurt me so much. I notice it and go, oh, yeah, I don't have one. And it's <laughs> like I'm almost insulted by the f- presumption in the advert. Yeah, Father's yeah. Day. Oh, I'm sorry. I should have a little bracket. Sorry if this is little, yeah, yes. if you lost one. Um, <laughs> you won't want this killers or Paul Weller album. Um, I think it's more like, yeah, grieving for the because losing a parent throws you into the family in a new way. You're kind of chucked back to the family that you're in, and it, the microscope is held over the relationships that that last, that, that prevail, that mm. are still there. Yeah. So I grieve more for the difficulties with getting on with my mum right. than I do for that, yeah. strangely. So it's it's more like, because I did have a, a heart connection with my dad. Yeah. But ever since then, I've been trying to get on with my mum. And that has been a problem for 20 years, wow. predating it. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, that is the relationship that I strangely grieve for more. But yeah. there are things that trigger it off, sure. Like just getting ready for this, I was thinking about it more, yeah. as I said and just remembering it and remembering that time. Yeah, I think remembering a time when you were just so sad, yeah. isn't it? It's just like, even doing this, I mean, I find it hard to do it all the time. Yeah. Because <laughs> you're I'm talking about it a lot more than I ever used to. Yeah. And you're sort of remembering it, and people ask you questions, you're like, oh yeah, it was really sad, wasn't it? <laughs> like, yeah. Are you looking for, because obviously, the, by nature of this, are you looking for resolution somehow for the deaths that you've encountered or to understand them or to understand it through hearing other people I don't I mean I do a lot of things without thinking about them (laughs) and that I definitely did this without thinking about I was like yeah it'll be interesting like let's not think about why we're doing it (laughs) and then I've realized oh I obviously really needed to talk about it and this was just such a great excuse to talk Mm. about my grief and I think I hadn't really talked about it. I think I sort of thought I had because you have those long conversations about death with people and at parties. At parties, and I had talked to my mum and my brother about it a lot. But I sort of realised I don't think I had talked. I sort of talked around it or talked about their grief, you know, which again, I'm still doing. So yeah, I think I just sort of felt the need to talk about it because yeah. I only went into counselling last year. Okay. Because wow. I'm, yeah, because I was 15, so I just couldn't process how I would sit down and talk to someone I think so I sort of feel like I'm on catch up because yeah. now I'm 34 I'm like wow there's a lot of things yeah. we need to talk about yeah. <laughs> so yeah I think that's it kind of came in a combination of getting pregnant yeah. going to counselling and being like oh it, it was like once I'd found the cup I found the box so that I couldn't I had to show everybody the box <laughs> yeah right right like you said with your sister saying that thing it's like Oh, now I have to keep talking about it because I've just realised what happened to me. So now yeah. I, I can't shut up. Yeah, yeah. The so box yeah. is wide open. The box is so open to the point I'm like, I need to close the box at least for a couple of days of the week because it is hard remembering it, definitely. Because you do, you know, you move on and it's hard to explain what that means to people, especially when I meet people at the beginning of the journey who are like, too, you know, they can't imagine you're like, if you're two, three years down the line, they're like, how will I stop thinking about it? Like, oh, you will. It doesn't mean you're not sad, but you just have, you just go a month without thinking about it. Yeah. Two months, I think, six months. And then, yeah, a year, and you're like, oh, I haven't really thought about it this year. Like, yeah. I definitely have, you know, like you said, anniversary, birthdays, Christmas, they're a little, you know, obviously Father's Day, and because I'm ridiculously subscribed to way too many mailing lists. Yeah. Um, so there's things that set you off. But like I said, I think you just get better at going, oh, Ow, 
okay, I'm all right. Mm-hmm. Whereas obviously three years in, it's like, ah, fuck. Like, yeah. it's way, way more painful. Yeah. And and the first year is, is a kind of, I don't know if, if you had this, it's almost like a numb <sighs> yeah. thing. And then the second year. Yeah. It's like, oh shit, it's real. Yeah, yeah. It's actually real. There's yeah. almost like a honeymoon period on the grief early on. Yeah. I think the first year's really awful, but what you don't realise is you're not really experiencing life. Mm. So you are numb and in shock and your body protects you, but it does still seem awful. Yeah. And then you said the second year, you're like, oh, I didn't realise how bad it actually was because <laughs> yeah. I wasn't really feeling a lot of it. Yeah. And like your sensation comes back that second year. And yeah, I think, yeah, it's tough. The longer it goes on, it is tough as well, because I think there's a slight, like, well, what do I do with 11 years? What do I do with 19 years? Should I be sad? Should I, what What should I be? Yeah. You, you sort of have to, that's why I'm interested, because I think, I haven't spoken to many people who've had a long gap. It's been quite recent, uh, most of them. Mm-hmm. So that's why I was interested in 11 years. I remember that being, or 10, I think. I remember thinking 10 was quite like, wow, like yeah. a fucking decade is... Numbers do have meanings, even if you don't want them to. Yeah, it's com- it's complicated, isn't it? Yeah. I think. Yeah, it's it's not a straightforward grief. It never has been. How to. The love for the parent, and then the despair at the, what the the parent said. Yeah. And, and did. Yeah. And then, but <laughs> yes. but not being bitter. Yeah. Because bitterness is is a kind of useless emotion. Yeah. Um, or whatever you call it. It's kind of dead endy. Yeah. Going, oh, you, you did this. You're the reason. Because then you kind of go, well, but I'm the reason if I continue to be defined by this. Yeah. Um, but I am defined by it, but I'm not <laughs> going to be too defined by it. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to dabble with define, defining I'm, myself. I'm going to be aware it. that I'm defined by it, but also not defined by the awareness. Yeah, take yeah. the piss out of him for that. Take the piss out of the dogma that he was spouting. Take the piss out of myself for being a victim. Refuse to be a victim. Uh, it's like the piss out of the fact that I'm a comedian, but really take comedy very seriously. <laughs> it's like I'm juggling lots of balls here. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of plates spinning. Oh my god! And none of it's real. It's all like <laughs> everything is just the current emotion that you're in. Yeah. So like, okay, I'm angry at my dad today. Next day, oh, I forgive him entirely. He was just a troubled soul. It's never simple. It's always. Oh, I couldn't agree with you more. Like especially, I think if you've had a complicated relationship, mm. I definitely had with my dad. It wasn't like, oh, he was just great, and I was daddy's girl. I was literally not daddy's girl. Like, yeah. Well, <laughs> he once bought me a badge that said "Daddy's Little Princess," and I was like so. Did you puke on it straight away? I was just like, what? This is not our narrative. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I was like, what do you think is happening? Because that is not what's happening. Yeah. And it's hard if it's, I think grief, I'm sure if if you have a very loving relationship and that's clear, it's still hard. But yeah, when it's complicated, like you said, some days you're so angry at them. You think, God, what a prick. And the other day you're like, no, he had a difficult life and that's why. And Mm. it just will always ebb and flow and change. Because, as you said, you get older and you understand things slightly more and then see it from their point of view and then not see it from their point of view. Like, well, I'm table and I haven't behaved like that. Like, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. such an evolving thing. All you can do is keep talking, keep making sure you're not damaging yourself. And I think you're right. The bitterness is very unhelpful because I feel like that. I feel it just is how it is. Mm. He just sometimes was a prick. It doesn't. I can't change that, and yeah. I can't change my reaction. I was also sometimes a prick. So yeah, yeah, it's worth remembering that we're all yeah. pricks. Yeah, we are all <laughs> definitely. I, that's why I love the Amy Winehouse film that came oh, out a couple yeah, of years ago. Did oh, you see it? It made me bawl my eyes out. Me too. Jeez, yeah. I didn't cry in front of the girl because I wanted to be butch. <laughs> of course, of I course. cried at home in the toilet <laughs> when she'd gone downstairs to the kitchen. <laughs> 
That's way cooler. Yeah, way I also cooler. I also ate a pack of biscuits the day before in on the edge of the bath because I didn't want her to know that I sometimes binge eat. <laughs> so I would eat a whole pack of bourbons in about two minutes and then just come back with, you know, hi. <laughs> Did you not like have like crumbs around No, you? I washed my mouth out. <laughs> Clever. You're thinking. You're always thinking. <laughs> yeah. The Amy Winehouse film reminded me of how slightly fucked everyone is and yeah. uh, and she was depicted as a flawed human and we all are and it's like so refreshing to see a, f- a documentary film where you go oh you're a bit out of order sometimes oh and you're also really lovable oh you were so down to earth oh shit you're really hard on that boy you know all of this stuff where you're like oh you, you're seeing all of it at once yeah yeah I think that's so good to be reminded that we're all loyal we're all betrayers, we're all kind, we're all nasty, we're all loving, we're all bitter, we're all devoted, we're all having doubts, sometimes all at once. Yeah. Just the current layer is the loudest. <laughs> and it's it's really good to be reminded of that. Yeah, and, definitely. And, you know, because you can get so attached to, oh, but they were the, the, the. It's like, well, yeah, but they were, but I'm also yeah. everything that they are. Yeah, and uh, you are 50% of them. So you can't run that far from yeah. whatever you feel they did. It's like, yeah, you. it's somewhere. Of course, it's in your makeup. And that doesn't, again, doesn't mean you have to be them or make the same choices that they did. But I agree with you, just remembering that we all fuck up occasionally. And that's okay. I think that's a much, it makes your grief easier if you can find a peace with that. Yeah. Because otherwise, I think it must be really, it's hard enough anyway. If you're carrying around that, I think, God, it must be really heavy if you're also carrying around, but they did this and they did that. Yeah. And art is a great privilege because it allows you to process things. Yeah. And then do something. Yeah. With it. You know, whatever comes out, you know, it's quite unpredictable. But it's a great position to be in. And I and I do kind of go, oh, thanks, Dad. Thanks yeah. for fucking me up. <laughs> or thanks for being part of that process. Because yeah. I might have been a fuck up anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not, not necessarily him. No. You know, but thanks for muddling me and confusing me, but also creating a space between me and the world because I love that space yeah I enjoy that space of of arriving at a party sometimes being the outsider at a party is wonderful yeah. sometimes I leave the party in tears because I feel so lonely yeah but sometimes being the outsider there's a great you find this you, you find your couch to sit yeah. on and you find your way and you don't have to say much whatever it is and sometimes you're very talkative and you can feel you can feel outside and inside at once but I love that space that he gave me or that that occurred because of that childhood yeah I I wouldn't change that well Tom thank you so much for coming in to talk to me I think that's a good place thank you pleasure thank you you can follow Tom on Twitter at Tom Ward Voice. And also if you go to his website, you can find out about where he's gigging and he'll be in Edinburgh this year with his brand new show as well. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Griefcast or email us thegriefcast at gmail.com. The show was produced by Kate Holland and the music was provided by the Glue Ensemble. And remember, you are not alone. up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.